Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Welcome. You're listening to a day of prayers morning Bible study. My name is Layla, and we're so glad you could join us. But before we get into the word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for your word, Lord, that it doesn't fail and it doesn't pass away, God, that we can always come back to you, Lord, and get what it is that you have for us, Lord, and get wisdom, get strategy, get counsel, Lord, so that we're able to complete the task that you've given to each and every one of us, God. We thank you for our partners and our listeners, Lord, that you've afforded them the opportunity to spend this time with us in the word this morning, God. And we ask that you'll show us wisdom, Lord, and that you'll minister each and every one of us our needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus' amen. name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us this morning as we continue our study in the book of Hebrews. So this morning, we are going to move forward. And cover verses 5 through 14. So could I get a volunteer to read that section of scripture, please? I will read it. All right, Charles. For to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me my son. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But to the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And you, Lord, in the beginning lay the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain, and they will all grow old like a garment. Like a cloak, you will fold them up, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will not fail. But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit on my right hand, so I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Amen. So, there is there's quite a bit in there. But as is our custom, we're going to open up the floor and give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, first and foremost, and then ask any questions that you may have. So who would like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. So there were two things that the Lord had shown me, touching uh, for just a second back on what we discussed, or Mommy, you discussed in yesterday's episode about the lord talking through the prophets and that's how the children of israel had grown accustomed to it or hearing from the lord and it was through a prophet that wasn't to say that now because jesus came that prophets don't have a role within the body they absolutely do they're all important and still functioning today um i'm not quite sure where the scripture was but there is one in the bible that said that the lord that he did nothing without first revealing it to his prophets so his prophets brought word of what the lord was planning to do so the people had an opportunity to get their hearts and minds right so that they could 
follow the Lord fully and they could part, uh, participate in his plan and not have to be excluded because they had sin or any for any other reason to, uh, to the point where they could not partake in what God wanted to do. But coming back here about uh, talking about Jesus and the name and the angels and something important that the Lord had shown me, especially when LaCharles, you were reading this and I, I hadn't noticed this beforehand, but when it was talking about Jesus and his name and the comparison, like we were saying in the other episode that we don't pray to angels. They don't have the authority to grant us healing or um, prosperity or peace or any of those things. They're here to aid us in our mission to get back to Jesus. Jesus is the one who gives us legal permission and legal claim to the things I just listed. Again, David and his um, table that was that the Lord prepared in front of David in the presence of his enemies. It included all things that pertain to life and godliness, but the only way David could access it and the only way we can access it is through the is through Jesus. Yes, it looked different in the Old Testament before Jesus came to the earth than it does now, but it was it's still the same principle and it's still um, the same laws, if you will. Jesus was the door then, he is the door now, and he'll still be the door when all is said and done because his, his role doesn't change, he doesn't change, the standards aren't going to change. But we have to understand that we're not gonna get around the Lord I know even in my own life there are times where I wanted to cut God out of the picture and I thought I could do it just as well as he could and get the same outcome without him because I thought he was nagging me or he wouldn't stop talking and kept telling me about this one area and I didn't want to hear it anymore and again and that shows a lack of maturity on my part so with the 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 coming of Jesus and switching from that religious mindset, as you mentioned that in the first episode, from this is how it has to be, it has to be this way, and if it's not this way, I'm not going to listen to you, God, to mature and go, Lord, whatever, however you want to communicate to me, I'm going to listen. It doesn't matter what vessel it's coming through. It doesn't matter the face of the person who's talking to me. I'm here to hear your voice and to fulfill your will, not do my own thing. Mm-hmm. The scripture you were referencing is Amos 3, 7. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secrets, his secret to his servants, the prophets. Um, so no, prophets haven't been done away with. But then and now the Lord wanted a direct relationship with us. Amen. And, um, you know, even if you look back at the history of um, that was that's shown and listed in Genesis, the angel of the Lord was there ministering to Abraham, <laughs> Jacob, right? Ministering yes. directly in the angel, capital A, angel of the Lord is the Lord Jesus. But he wasn't revealed in the the manner that he has been revealed now, but he's still there. He was still operating in the, the role that the father assigned to him as a messenger. Um, and and the son of God still the servant, but they didn't recognize him in that way. And even the reference to the prophets, um, the Lord makes it very clear in in the Gospels that their fathers killed the prophets, and the sons built the tombs, right? So, yes, um, you know the religious spirit and the religious mindset. The mindset comes from the spirit behind it, but the spirit behind it never wants to allow the true and living God, and it never wants to allow. 
um, knowledge of the Father and knowledge of the Son and the Holy Spirit, because then there is a loss of power and there's accountability. And, you know, even when you were describing something I know that I have felt at times as well, you know, Lord, you're wearying me with trying to make me perfect. And really it's sourced from a lack of love and a lack of value that I had for and you had for the Lord at the time to realize he's, he doesn't have to help us in any way, shape, Amen. or form. Yeah. And he chooses to because he loves us. Amen. And he's not willing that we should perish. You know, um, Matthew 7 talks about um, that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. This is uh, verse 21 through 23. Um, But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And when you look at that, lawlessness is from a place of not wanting to be under law, not wanting to have restrictions or confinements or... um, boundaries or parameters that say right or wrong. So when the Lord comes to us and he knocks on the door of our heart and he says, Hey, and he says, Hey, there are things I want to teach you. I want to cultivate my character in you. I want you to look like my son. I want you to fulfill the purpose that I created you for. And we say, no, God, get away from me. You're troubling me with asking for too much. You're troubling me with too many rules. We're actually really saying we want to be lawless. And we want to have our own standard and our own metric. And we think that is right and better than um, what the Lord is saying. And when, what he was talking about here in Matthew, when he said, I never knew you, it's not about the outward things that we do. Like the Lord could use a donkey in a miraculous way, right? We saw that in the example of Balaam. The donkey talked, saved his life, right? Yes. And it was really, the donkey wasn't doing anything but being a vessel used by God to give mercy to Balaam and an opportunity for him to repent and turn from his course so that he did not perish. But that's neither here nor there, right? That I mean, the, the rocks will cry out. The trees clap their hands to the Lord already. So what's the big deal about that? But him saying, I never knew you was saying, we never spent that intimate time together where you let me form you, mold you, shape you, not just coming in the door saying, Lord, yeah, all right, Jesus, I raised my hand and then that's it. But not allowing him the time to mold and cultivate and work in us the fullness of what he wants. He's talking about a relationship, right? You might say, I know of them, but you can't say you know me if you've spent no time with me, if you've never conversed with me, if you've never had a relationship with me, you can't make that claim. And likewise with Jesus, we can't claim to know him if we've not had a relationship and are unwilling to have that relationship. Mm-hmm. So as the Lord is using the the apostle here um, to write this, he's saying, hey, this is not a stranger talking to you. He, he's been here and this is who he is. Recognize him and behold him in his glory so that you can have the opportunity to come in fully to the righteousness that the Lord has for you and um, also revealing his um, in a I guess in a, com- a combined way how they how they were introduced to him in the the past and how it connects to who he is now and who he is in the future not that he's going to change but you know he's ever present he's always going to be and 
the value and the importance and the the details, the signs, the hints, the understanding that God had already left behind. They all knew the part, the story about Jacob. They they don't eat a specific cut of meat because of what happened to Jacob when he wrestled with the Lord Jesus. That little mm-hmm. muscle shrank and then he limped on his um holding onto his rod after that. There's a cut of meat, right? That they specifically yes. don't right. eat because of that factor. So he's saying there he is. He's been there this whole time. Know him and let him love you and you love him in return so you can have this relationship that you think you have. That God wants you to have to be set up for you to have it, but you really gotta enter gotta enter in. Yes, Molly. As you were speaking, Mommy, the Lord was revealing to me, um, and as you were saying, Mommy, that he was there the whole time and was consistent throughout. But as humans, we try, try to make it appear like the Lord changes based on us. When we decide to finally recognize that he has been there, we try to play it off. But what we also see here is that um, we saw inside of verse 4 of the previous section where it says that he inherited a greater name than those of the angels. But you can see here that he was already far above them. He already. wasn't limited to what he did inside of the natural as what he we humans think we think that once jesus finally came down to earth and did what he had to do then he was able to go and we see on the right hand of god no he was there from the beginning Mm -hmm. he didn't because we see that inside the garden he says lord give me the glory i had with you before not lord i need some glory and -hmm. i would like to come up there with you he already had all these things Mm -hmm. um and also when we look at what he's all these various scriptures that he is referring to verse nine seems a bit weird um when he says, therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Um, this is also similar to when Jesus asked, how did David call his son, who was the son of David, Lord? How could he have done that? Mm-hmm. Um, and what we have to understand here also is that when Jesus was inside the earth, he didn't lose his place of dominion, meaning that he wasn't going to, he didn't... Um, he suddenly. didn't suddenly stop being God in the regard <laughs> mm-hmm. that, okay, once he was a man, then the angels were above him. But we see here that when he said, I can call 12 legions of angels, it wasn't him praying to be have them given or loaned to him. He already knew what he had and could command them. And that's something that we need to understand as Christians. Yes, this is Jesus, but we have shared inside of this all the things that the Lord has given Christ, meaning that we're not necessarily going to sit on his throne with them. But not like that. <laughs> <laughs> but he has given us all these various blessings and benefits to us. And mm-hmm. it's for us to understand that. I know from, even for Christians, we tend to place, place angels above humans. Mm-hmm. We, we hold them up higher than that, but we fail to understand that when the Lord Jesus came, he placed us back above them not from a stance of I'm above you, but we have to understand the rights that we have inside of Christ, which we see Paul is also talking about here. So and just to build off what you're saying, why could the Lord command the angels even when he was on earth? They Uh, were his. Okay. We have to understand who he is and was and is. The commander of... The commander of the armies, right. So, so... Everything that's been said is a, is accurate. And let's understand what Paul is saying or begins to say here. Right? He ends verse 4 by saying, having become so much better than the angels, right? 
as, as he has had by his inheritance, obtained a more excellent name than they. And then he starts laying out, if you will, uh, I won't say the original, but he lays out the case for Christ by speaking about who he is, making a direct connection to Jesus being the angel of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the Jews had lots of respect for angels talking, Amen. right? They would, they would believe the voice of an angel, right? They were used to Gabriel. They, they knew about Michael, right? They did. Mm-hmm. They did. They yes. were used to that kind of thing. So that they would lend themselves to. However, realizing that this, this Jesus is the same one that y'all have been talking about that you've already known and you're accustomed to, it's him. He's just laid aside, right, his privileges to an extent of being God and come down here to put on flesh like you so that he could minister to you in the way that the father has commissioned and ordained for this season and this time. Not because you are the center of God's, you know, and the epitome of his focus, <laughs> but because this is a part of God's divine plan, but he's still the same God. And so that's also why he's making this comparison here. And the ministering angels, let us keep this um, in our focus as well. They're not our, sla- our slaves. Um, and when it comes to being in the earth, because we have a dirt body, we have dominion in the earth because the Father set it up that way. And if you look back in Revelation 22, uh, verse 9, when the apostle John is being shown all these miraculous things, by an angel, by a, a being in heaven, he falls down and, and just overcome by emotion and starts mm-hmm. worshiping this thing. He's not even able, this one who has been in the presence of the Lord and Savior, had seen him at the beginning of this vision, has talked to him and heard from him <laughs> throughout, still falls down in this moment of emotional, um, you know, just excitement, I guess, I would articulate it, and starts to worship this being. And he says, don't do that. This is 22 verse 9. It says, then, and I'll read the verse before it. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, see that you do not do that. For I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book, worship God. So because there was such high esteem given and placed to angels, the apostle here is also going, hey, look here, shiny ball, you know, you know this, you recognize this, now look up. Here is the Lord and Savior. This is the one that you're actually supposed to be looking up to. This is the one that is the commander, the son of God of all things. You understand this to an extent, but now broaden your perspective and your horizons so you can see him and behold him and understand him and know him. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll just give you a couple examples just, just for time, right? So Exodus 3, speaking to Moses, right? Well, eventually speaks to Moses. Moses sees that a bush was on fire and not consumed, right? Mm-hmm. But then, and this is in Exodus 3, we'll start in verse 3. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when, when the Lord saw that he had turned to, aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and says, oh, sorry, I should have started with verse 2. It says, uh, verse two says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked and behold, some of the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. 
So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. And then if you continue to read, you will see that the angel of the Lord even says, Hey, my people are in Egypt. Right? And he says it multiple times. And I've heard their prayers and their cries. It's come up to my ears. And I've, I've gone down to check out Pharaoh, right? And I will bring, so through Moses, he says, And you will bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt, right? Yes. And the second example I'll give you is with Joshua. Well, and, and honey, you brought this up about the commander of the army of the Lord. So Joshua, this is in um, Joshua chapter 5. He's uh, there. It says, if we get, begin in verse 13, it says, And it came to pass that Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to meet him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, Why does my Lord, What does my Lord say to his servant? In verse 15, Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. So, as we were saying here in Hebrews, um, Paul the writer of Hebrews, begins to make the case for Christ directly relating Jesus as the angel of the Lord, to whom all these things were said concerning him. You are my son, today I have begotten you. Denoting there is a vast and eternally, eternal difference, a night and day difference, difference, distinguishable difference between Jesus and all the angels that he commands. And he is God. Amen. Denoting he is God. So there's a lot in there. And with that, we're going to pause for today. So can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Charles. Lord, we just thank you that you've placed everything inside of our path, Lord, that we need, Lord. We just thank you for the wisdom and the knowledge that you have provided for us, Lord. The wisdom and the knowledge that you have laid out inside of your word, Lord, so that way we can understand what you're truly saying, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you that you have given us an inheritance, Lord, inside your kingdom, Lord, and that you have taken us as your sons and daughters, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' amen. name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. 
remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.